0: One, two, three,
1: four.
0: Monster Movie.
1: Funtime go! Monster
0: Movie! Funtime go! Monster
1: Movie!
0: Funtime
1: Go! Monster, Monster
0: Movie! movie. Funtime go!
1: With Precious D and Honey Bee. Funtime
0: Go! Hello and welcome to Monster Movie Funtime Go. I'm Precious D. And I'm Honey Bee. Today we are taking a look at Them! Exclamation point. Gasp! <laughs> this is our first Big Bug movie from 1954. That's the same year as Godzilla. Black and White, 94 Minutes, directed by Gordon Douglas, starring James Whitmore, James R. Ness, and, uh, Edmund Gwen, and Joan Weldon. James Arness would become famous right after this for playing Marshal Matt Dillon in Gunsmoke Ooh. decades. This this movie kind of got him the job. Oh, wow. I read that John Wayne saw it and recommended him. Hey! hey! And it got somebody else a job. Um Fess Parker, who plays the pilot that we see in the hospital. Mm-hmm. He... Walt Disney had gone yeah. to look at James Arness for Davy Crockett, but he saw Fess Parker and liked him better. And Oh, isn't park. that the way it goes? <laughs> but that's fine because uh, James R. Arness ended up with the better job in that. Heck it- yeah. Him working for decades. So, um, But we've seen this before with uh, Raymond Burr that somebody starts off their career in one of these monster movies and then right after it goes on to do something that they then play for years so (laughs) it's not a bad not a bad place to start your career in a monster movie heck yeah man monster movies for some reason i do not have the budget but the box office was 2.2 million so it's probably pretty good
1: yeah i freaking
0: loved it (laughs) the monsters are giant ants between uh, 8 feet and 12 feet. I couldn't find a death count, but I counted myself uh, 7. Okay. And we have a new category, the Wilhelm count. (laughs) The what? There is a sound effect known as the Wilhelm scream. Oh, gosh. a, A stock sound effect that has been used in a number of films and TV series, according to Wikipedia, beginning in 1951 with the film Distant Drums. The scream is usually used when someone is shot, falls from a great height, or is thrown from an explosion. The sound is named after Private Wilhelm, a character in The Charge at Feather River, a 1953 Western in which the character gets shot in the thigh with an arrow. (laughs) This was its first use following its inclusion in the Warner Brothers stock sound library, although The Charge at Feather River is believed to have been the third film to use the effect. The scream is believed to be voiced by actor Sheb Woolley. That is all from Wikipedia. And it sounds a little bit like this. Ah! <laughs> I will insert the actual scream in post-production. <laughs> but I think I did oh, a- it. No,
1: that was <laughs> so good. You, you, have to, you have to leave your screen. You should use your no, scream be, every I'll- single time. <laughs>
0: Well, I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll leave mine in, but I will also insert the original so you can compare. Okay. Yeah, but it, then it to. became like years later. I think starting in the seventies, it became a thing, sort of an in joke for sound designers to use the Wilhelm scream, and it appears in like Star Wars, Indiana Jones movies, things like. Oh,
1: okay. That. Even
0: even as recently as the Force Awakens, they used the Wilhelm scream. So this movie has a Wilhelm count of three. Oh, but there was a one scene where it seemed like I heard it twice. And there's another <laughs> scene that seems to have half a Wilhelm in it. So it may just be <laughs> very similar. And I'm going well, to movie the a uh, racism factor of one. In that, once again, it's in a world where there are nothing but white people.
1: Yeah, I just want to say back for the noise thing. This whole movie, I feel like headphone users beware. Because, <laughs> okay. oh, ev- oh man, this movie is full of just like shrill,
0: awful noises. Oh, that, that, tr- have the trillin. Oh take, gosh. The <laughs> rubbing, oh, I wrote down the technical term. Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it when we get to it. Oh, here it is. Stridulation, which is the act of producing sound by rubbing together certain body parts.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
0: what crickets do.
1: <laughs> it's what
0: crickets do. You no, know, they rub their legs together. But apparently, yeah, yeah. Apparently ants do it as well. Oh, okay, well. At least these yeah. do. So this Ooh. is, uh, I would say this movie is kind of a police procedural of a horror movie. Okay. We get an interesting little splash of color at the beginning when mm-hmm. the title comes up. The title comes up in red and blue outline. And that has become, or red outlined by blue. That is because the movie was going to be in 3D. And the old 3D wow. effect, the old 3D effect would be to do this sort of split of red and blue over top of black and white. And you'd wear red and blue glasses that would separate those into your different. Eyes and produce the illusion of a three dimensional image. Partway through production, they changed their mind, but there are still some shots that are clearly set up to be 3D shots in that there's things coming right at the camera.
1: Ooh, I wonder why they changed their mind. Do you know?
0: Uh, it might have been a budget thing.
1: Yeah. Man, it was either, it was either a good uh, 3D movie.
0: It was either time or money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it always? <laughs>
0: So, <laughs> New Mexico, state police, yes. there's a state police plane and a car investigating a report, and the pilot spots the kid, a kid mm-hmm. wandering around in shock, and we get these two stout-hearted men, Sergeant Ben Peterson and Trooper Ed Blackburn, who find the kid, and I think and the plane...
1: are t- already very sweaty when the movie begins. <laughs>
0: they, well, is, they are in the desert. <laughs>
1: They are in the desert. It is apparent. Everyone looks sticky.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think the plane spots the car and trailer up ahead so they go Mm -hmm. check it out and there is a big hole in the trailer. There's money still there. It has not been taken and there's blood that is 10 to 12 hours old and a gun
1: But he smells.
0: A cloth, sugar cubes, footprint and it, uh, there is a piece at first i thought it was a broken bowl it's the piece of her doll the baby
1: head. doll yeah. yeah
0: little girl's doll head which the <laughs> one of the policemen kindly puts back into place
1: such a gentleman <laughs>
0: yes but they see this odd footprint and they call it in and the medics come out and the csi or whatever does a plaster cap mm-hmm. the print the medic is with the girl and we hear the weird sound for the first time Yes. Little girl reacts, but she doesn't say anything. She's been struck mute by whatever trauma she has endured.
1: Yeah, she definitely recognizes the noise, though.
0: And they decide to go, let's go check the general store, see if he saw anything. And they get there and it is also wrecked. And -hmm. it seems to them that the wall has been pulled out from the outside.
1: Yes, um, which was exactly like the trailer.
0: Yeah. And they find more sugar.
1: And they say also that the man looks like he's been drug around and like thrown, which was kind of like a weird detail for them.
0: When they find him in the basement? Yeah,
1: when they find him, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And oddly, I found it odd that radio is not tuned to the exposition station. There is a guy talking on the radio, giving us information that has nothing to do with the movie.
1: Yeah, he's talking about a virus or something, right? But
0: yeah. But it's yeah, more, it's something that's clearly been recorded just for use in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not just some stock music or something.
1: But yeah. normally
0: in this situation, the news is giving you information that relates to the film, and mm-hmm. and this is not, which I liked. It was made it more realistic. Yeah, but I was listening more closely than I needed to, thinking that we're getting. <laughs> <for patient. Yes. laughs> we did not yeah. need to know about this virus. Uh, but they find uh, uh, gramps in the basement, mm-hmm. <clears throat> dragged and thrown around, as you say. And sugar, oh, honey, honey, is found. <laughs> for the crime again. And then once again, no money is taken.
1: Yeah, but this time when they find sugar, there's like a bunch of normal, like sized ants.
0: Yes, regularly. Running
1: around the sugar.
0: Foreshadowing.
1: Dun, dun, dun.
0: So Ben goes to HQ and Ed State. He gets killed. Yeah, I think that, and I think that is our first Wilhelm.
1: <gasps>
0: but he gets killed. We hear the gunshot and then we hear him scream. We yep. haven't seen the creatures yet.
1: Right, and in between the gunshot and his scream, there is this tiny, very, very quick sound. It's like maybe two seconds long, and it's like a scurrying sound. Like, it's very, like, a critter sound effect. Right. Like, a bug, buggy kind of sound effect.
0: Yeah. I think the movie make this a mystery as if we have not all seen the poster on our way in. <laughs> the movie is trying to do this police procedural where we slowly learn what's going on. Mm-hmm. But because of movie poster and previews and things i'm sure we all already know what
1: yeah but i think they did a good job i liked it i really liked the mysterious like oh when when are we gonna get to see them
0: i would just be curious what the effect would be if you started this movie with no idea so we cut to the police they know that ed is dead and they are not having any patience with ben brief (laughs)
1: <laughs> my man
0: says ah your partner died everybody dies hey. <laughs> wait quit Aww. your moping and they speculate about was it a homicidal maniac but no they didn't get any reports of anyone escaping and it not right work. and
1: i liked i like this conversation when they're like talking about like is it a homicidal maniac he's like it has to be there was only sugar taken like yeah. it's just so funny it, it made me laugh
0: uh, but we find out that Mr. Ellison, one of the two parents of the young girl who are presumed mm-hmm. to be dead, was an FBI agent. And Robert Graham from the FBI shows up, apparently only because the guy was an FBI agent. Mm-hmm. And th- this is James Arness from Gunsmoke, brother to Peter Graves, who you may have heard of. <laughs> or not. I don't know. I don't Peter so. Graves was a he was in Mission Impossible, he was an airplane, he was in a lot of stuff.
1: Oh, Okay, then I probably
0: do know who that is. Never in anything with James Arness. Apparently, he once directed an episode of Gunsmoke, but they never appeared on screen together. Hmm. I think I may have known this before, but as I watched this, I realized his voice is very similar to Peter Graves. And oh, well. They talk, they talk over evidence. Uh, Doc comes in and goes over five ways Gramps could have including enough formic acid to kill 20 men. <laughs> uh, we cut to the airport where we are meeting Dr. S. Medford from the Department of Agriculture. And this is not the same doctor from the Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, but it may as well be.
1: Yeah, I feel like this one he this guy's a little bit more loony, I feel like, like openly. Like he's just very like Himself,
0: <laughs> he's a little, he's a little uh befuddled, a little absent-minded. He can't put goggles on properly. He doesn't <laughs> goggles work?
1: Yeah, but we'll also just say, enter uh, the babe of this monster movie. Other, ow, ow, other ow! Doctor, ow. Yes.
0: The other, house <laughs> you were impressed with her,
1: huh? Oh my word, she's the babyest of babes. That's all I'm saying. Oh really? Okay. Oh yeah. Oh. So,
0: yeah. His daughter, who is also Dr. Medford, who a couple of times he refers to her as Dr. Medford, mm-hmm. as if to just remind everybody else there to be extra yes. professional because because he's his, uh, because she's his daughter, he's going to be extra professional. I don't know. Uh, the guys gawk at her legs as she's getting out of the plane. And here I want to say that the characters are sexist, but I don't think the movie is. Mm hmm in that the movie itself does not treat her as anything less than a competent professional who should be there.
1: Yeah. Anytime that someone does treat her, like, I think there's one line at some point where he's like, no woman should be blah, blah, blah. And she just like really puts him in her place and is like, well, I can't give you a brain right now. So you're (laughs) going to have to listen to me.
0: She is amazing. After that, they don't, they don't question it again.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. I also yeah. want to say I, I, in this moment where he, they're like staring at her legs and he says the, the guy says the line, it's something like, um, if she's the kind of doctor who s- takes care of sick people, I'm going to have a fever or something like that. Yeah. And I think, I think that it's, it's, um, like, yes, it could be taken as like a sexist thing. I do. I do see, but I also feel like it's okay to admire you know, to admire a pretty woman, and like I thought, I, I guess I understand what you're saying about like maybe the characters being sexist, but the movie not being. I felt yeah. like there were like it always balanced out. Like if there was something that was a little sexist, then there was something that kind of made up for it too.
0: Right. Well, he, it's just that he objectifies her immediately, and yeah. he's only all he's seen is her legs so far.
1: Wow. Um. <laughs>
0: But the doctor wants to get straight to work, doesn't want to go to the hotel or anything. Let's get into overdrive. They go to an office, I think they're looking at a map and he wants to know what area was the atomic bomb exploded. And they're like,, yeah, the same gener- general area as you know what's going on And in 1945, nine years ago, and he speculates that that's enough time to genetic for genetically uh, it says genetically certainly possible. Nine years is enough time. But he won't talk until he's certain right and then the doctor examines this the girl the mute girl and makes her smell some acid
1: the yeah the and formic acid
0: she reacts and starts screaming them them
1: Yes, I love this. I was like, what a perfect name for the movie. Like, just based on this scene alone, like, yes, that's what the name is going to be. I also want to say that there were a lot of like one liners in this movie that made me laugh. And one of them was in this like scene right before um, the them scene when he says, no need to play footsies with us. Like, to the doctor, he's like basically saying like, "Don't dick us around," you know. Right. He's like, "No need to play footsie with us." So I was like, "Bah, I like that. <laughs> I like that. I'm gonna say that."
0: Right. No so, need to play footsie with me. So they want to go visit the desert, and the doctor tells them it's later than you think. <laughs> out in the desert, the doctor is too goofy to wear goggles properly.
1: Yes, hilarious.
0: Know if there's any report of a. Mound or a cone? Yeah, even after he guys yeah, like hey, you gotta put those goggles on. It's very windy out there, so they have these goggles. And then he puts them on, but they're still crooked. And and the cop just reaches out and adjusts them for him.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was really
0: funny. But they're asking about it: is there a mound or a cone? And it's speculating about something turning carnivorous if it runs out of food. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's James Arness calls her miss, I'm sorry, doctor, and she says, if doctor bothers you, why don't you call me Pat? Which is just far too kind of her. It is. It really is. She should have said, it is doctor fucking Medford, you (laughs) country bumpkin. (laughs) You you desert bumpkin.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she really should
0: have. This is the beginning of the most... Tepid romance that we have seen so far. Yes, There's seriously. No, no ballet, no opera, no kiss, no anything. It seems like they set her up to be a love interest, and then don't do anything with.
1: Yeah, because she's a badass. She's a bad bitch. She's too too badass to have a love interest. Fuck that.
0: Yeah, I that's not what cute. I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Lady scientist in these movies that are are dues kind of seem to be there to be a love interest but they're also mm-hmm. there to give important information and to do stuff rather than just be somebody's girlfriend hanging around like uh some japanese ladies i could mention <laughs> <laughs> um. so, <laughs> emiko so yeah looking at you emiko <laughs> but yeah this romance goes nowhere there's just like a scene near the end where she's like, be careful, but, but she's about to go do the same dangerous things.
1: <laughs> yeah. Pat so, uh, is giving me serious dominatrix vibes.
0: <laughs> well, she is not a dominatrix. She is a mymacologist.
1: Yes. Oh, which re- like reminds me of the next like one liner in this movie that made me kind of laugh. She says she's telling the guy that her dad is like the best mymacologist there ever was and he's like why don't we all talk in English <laughs> god damn it
0: my <laughs> like, god damn it just, just a dum dum. yeah so they, they measure some more they measure some more prints that are 12 centimeters leading him to speculate that the thing that left these prints is over 8 feet long mm-hmm. and, and then
1: isn't this also where we find out that there are like 8 people missing
0: uh, are there 8 people missing Mm-hmm, I think so. Missed that. But he says, if I'm right, none of us dare reveal it. It would cause a nationwide panic. Mm-hmm. Pat hears more prints, uh, finds more prints, and then we hear the sound. 28 minutes, 14 seconds, we see them. Oh, no.
1: We see them.
0: Oh, no, I wrote, oh, no, Pat. Pat falls <laughs> down, but she gets back up again because you're never going to keep her down.
1: Never going to keep her the down.
0: Doctor yells, get the antennae. Or is it the antennae? Yeah, get the antennae, get the other antenna. When there's just when there's two, there's it's antennae. When it's one, it's antenna. Science. Some some sharpshooting happens here. The one of the guys shoots the antenna off with his pistol, and then shoots off the other one, and then unloads with a submachine gun. Just in case. I wrote cops have those. I mean, they did apparently, like in Prohibition times, but apparently, state police. Yeah, in 1954,
1: (laughs) it was a weird time.
0: So uh, the doctor says something about mutations caused by lingering radiation. Some about odor from formic acid, and he explains how they just use their mandibles for grabbing, but their stinger is what kills. Yeah, seeing
1: the the ants 100% freaked me out. Um, and would would 100% freak me out in the
0: 1950s. Yeah. <laughs> now the the difference. So we've had stop motion and we've had guys in suits, but now mm-hmm. we have just a sort of a robot animatronic
1: ant, like a puppet type.
0: Yeah. Apparently, in one of the later scenes, side, the side of the ant hand. is missing, and you can see the mechanism. But then they for the DVD they obscured it, fixed it.
1: Ah, uh, dang. Oh, okay, so I have to tell you this story about, like, my... Like, why ants freak me out so bad and why this is probably, like, scary to me. So when I was, like maybe three, I was eating a piece of watermelon on my front porch. And I was just kind of zoned out and like looking off into the distance and just eating this watermelon, just happy as could be. And all the juice was like running down like my arms and like my belly. And eventually, like I could feel it running down my legs. So I'm standing there like in my front yard, I've like walked all the way down the porch. And I feel like Watermelon juice running down my legs, and I look down, and there's ants running up my legs. So I just start screaming. So, anyway, my mom runs outside, and the ants don't actually start biting me until she starts like brushing them, like trying to get them off of me. Uh But there's so many on me because I've just been standing in this ant bed eating this piece of watermelon just completely unaware. And so she, she starts brushing them off and they start stinging me. So then I really start screaming. So she like runs me to the bathroom and turns on the cold water to like, you know, get the, the rest of the ants off of me. But ever since then, I have had this horrible reoccurring dream that ever, all of that like still happens. But when my mom goes to turn on the water, only ants pour out of the like faucet. Oh like no. Like it's no water. It's just more ants. So, and I like I have had that dream for so long. Ants really creep me out anyway, so this movie really got me. <laughs> this movie really got me.
0: Well, honeybee, I think this might be a good time to take a break and we'll get you, let you uh, recover. <laughs> yeah. So, uh after these messages we'll be right back. <laughs>
1: All right, and we're back.
0: So, ants, a little
1: more relaxed.
0: Ants in the real world <laughs> make up between 15 and 20 percent of the terrestrial biomass. Wow, they That's are
1: insane. Yeah,
0: a lot of ants, a lot of different species, a lot of different sizes and shapes. They fight with each other. As the doctor tells us later, they're the only things apart from humans that go to war. Wow, that's crazy. We've heard the sound and the uh, younger doctor, Dr. Pat, tells us that stridulation is what it's called. And they talk about how they communicate with each other and we hear some more stridulation. And then the doctor, the older doctor, tells us about we might be seeing a biblical prophecy come to life. There is no such biblical prophecy. <laughs> These movies are always making this shit up. I don't know why they do oh it. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I tried to look up this quote. I can't even remember. I didn't even write it down. Uh, but when I looked it up, all I could find was references to them. It's not. It's not in the Bible. Dang. Uh, but something about the beasts taking over or some shit. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. Like, like that, you know, bibl- you see it all the time, like bugs crawling like that, out of
0: people's faces and shit. The biblical quote in uh, Pulp Fiction. That's not real either. <laughs> that that one they actually tells you what chapter and verse it is and it's not. Yeah. So then we see we're in a helicopter with General O'Brien. They've called in the army, and we and we get a lesson in proper radio procedure. I believe she's in one helicopter and he's in the other.
1: Yes, I love this
0: scene. <laughs> you gotta say you can't just call out her name. He's
1: like, I already You're said it.
0: Yeah, he's like we're this designation and they're that designation you don't just say hey daughter are you there yeah i Uh, love the doctors both of them i wrote how is pat not already someone's mom i think that's based on (laughs) i think i wrote that based on the clothes that she is wearing because she's wearing a real 50s mom outfit
1: yeah Uh, but pat was already a mom then this would be the moment when i know i'd make a really great stepdad (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh they spot an ant chewing on a rib cage and they find yes. a missing person so I guess this does raise the death count a bit because um, it does seem like there's more than just two bodies
1: yeah I'm pretty sure I have for some reason I have eight people written down like disappearance of eight people I'm not sure like what I where I, exactly I heard that in the movie. Probably in the
0: first, probably in that first meeting. And we have another meeting. There's so many meetings in these movies. All uh, of the meetings. <laughs> about secrecy time. The doctor is in charge, and he call. And this is where he calls Pat doctor and explain how the hottest part of the day is the best time to attack them because they will be down in the nest.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we see he brings out an ant map, sort of a cutaway of a. Yeah, And desert ants go 30 feet deep. Unlike other movie scientists, he is all about killing the creatures. He is not interested in preserving them for science's sake or to study them. He is 100% on board with wiping this shit out.
1: Yeah, yeah, he is. I think it's just because he knows how quickly that they could take over
0: yeah, I think because he knows so much about ants, he knows they Yeah,
1: not, yeah. He's like, uh-uh, this bad. is nothing to fuck with.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Get rid of, of it now. Fuck around and find out. <laughs> they're going to, uh, they want to first shoot some bazookas at the ant hill. They finally find a big ant hill. Going to mm-hmm. shoot bazookas at it first and then throw cyanide gas down? I don't remember what the initial shots are for but the general and the state police sergeant take turns firing the bazooka yeah <laughs> it's just so i don't know why this state policeman is doing this to begin with but clearly he it's a
1: like, really a little uh, like yeah it's awkward it's a little awkward scene the two of them yeah. they've done
0: they've had a conversation off camera about who's gonna do it and they agree let's take turns <laughs>
1: <laughs> ladies ladies you're both pretty yeah.
0: <laughs> you can both shoot the gun. So then they uh, go up with a cyanide. Yeah. They go up to the edge of the thing with cyanide grenades and a survivor appears and they just throw the grenades down at it. <laughs> and here. Oh, yeah. Then they need to go down to make sure they've got them all. And this I wrote Robert acts sexist Pat not having it
1: yes yeah this is where he says this is no place for you or any other woman and this is where she says listen here you sexy piece of shit i am woman hear me roar i don't have time for this shit we gotta go sexy (laughs)
0: pieces sexy piece of shit or sexist piece of shit
1: yeah you know well i just because like i only say sexy piece of shit because of the like awkward like um hint that the movie's like giving you of that they are somewhat attracted to each other question mark Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah that's the only reason why I say that maybe she's like you know look I think you're pretty too but I don't have time to educate you right now so you're gonna have to shut the hell up and let me go
0: if, if they had some idea of creating a triangle between her and the sergeant and the FBI guy they didn't bother exploring that at all <laughs> Sergeant goes not off your with...
1: usual triangle
0: sergeant just hangs out with the general instead so an fbi agent a state police sergeant and a <laughs> department of agriculture myrmecologist and his daughter myrmecologist walk
1: into a bar <laughs>
0: they can take flamethrowers into the tunnels brilliant they find a sealed so chamber ants And they light them up. And then there's more dead ants in the queen's chamber. Pat takes pictures and then says, burn it, burn it all, which was pretty badass. But there's no larvae. They hatch directly from eggs and part of the mutation, apparently. And they believe that two queens are now on their wedding flight. So this is not good. How far could they fly? My answer to that was nowhere. Not possible for an insect to get that big and live, let alone fly. But we will play along for the sake of the movie. Of course. Insects just cannot get too big because they have an exoskeleton. This is a limit Mm -hmm. to how large they can get. That's just life.
1: (laughs) It's just science.
0: But uh, then there's another meeting where they talk about panic and a film presentation that the doctor just threw together out <laughs> of <Had> some footage <laughs> he had laying around, I guess. Yeah. And if we don't kill them, we will become extinct. Yes. And reporters? Uh, oh, okay. So the, there's they've set up a headquarters. And reporters have noticed that there's something going on, but they can't get any answers. And the people, even the people there, they're monitoring reports and sending them upstairs, but they don't even seem to know what's going on. But now this FBI guy and this state policeman head a nationwide task force on giant ants. Mm -hmm. Are they still getting paid? I don't know what's happening. I don't know if they've been transferred. Um, I'm
1: not sure either, but I did see also there was in this scene with the reporter's, there is a newspaper and I kind of zoomed in and looked and it was like news to look out for. And it was like theft of sugar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, good, yeah, I did not see that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> really funny. <laughs> uh, but Bob and Pat go to Brownsville to investigate a report. And this is where we see Fess Parker. This scene got him the Davy Crockett job. He is a pilot who saw Flying saucers that look like ants, which is a really odd way to interpret <laughs> what he saw. <laughs> he didn't say flying ants, and I know that ants fly because I just should know that as a person. Yeah. I saw flying saucers that happened to look like ants. That's yeah. Just
1: a- well, maybe like in his mind, he was like, well, they can't be ants because ants they- don't get that big. So they have to be aliens inside <laughs> of big Aunt, ant-shaped
0: <laughs> like no you didn't see a flying saucer <laughs> you saw an ant-shaped flying thing but some people just at this time would use the term flying saucer when they meant UFO rather oh, than uh-huh. I saw, rather than I specifically saw a saucer uh, flying saucer might be a generic term they use when they really meant UFO But anyway, it just struck me as a weird way to describe it. But he's like, I don't know what else to call them. They scared the pants off of me. Uh, Excuse me, (laughs) ma'am. He seemed to think (laughs) by talking about losing his pants, he was being offensive to the (laughs) media. And And he's glad that they they say they believe him. And he's like, oh, thank goodness. Somebody finally believing me. Will you get me out of here? And the answer is no. Nope, sorry, I can't. So wrong. They act like they're going to, but then they go outside and they say, like, keep that guy locked up. Rather than <laughs> saying, look, this is a matter of national security. We're going to swear you to secrecy. You're a pilot. You were probably in the war. You understand these things. Sign this non-disclosure agreement. And raise your right hand under penalty of, you know, death or whatever. No, they're just like, keep that guy locked up. And the doctor's like, well, I was just about to let him go because, uh, yeah, not even though he said a weird thing, he's clearly not crazy. I'm, I was gonna get let him go. Ugh, very wrong, very very wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is
0: hilarious. Then we see some more map work and inform the Mexican authorities and a phone call. I don't know who the oh, a phone call about a nest hatched aboard a ship at sea. Hmm. Yeah. And here's where we get another Wilhelm, possibly two. Ah! I think this is two in the same scene. <laughs> Meeting Milwaukee, rescued two from Viking. Oh, okay. So the um, Milwaukee is a ship that rescued two from another ship called the Viking. And the Viking sank. How yeah. did they get on board? We speculate. Well, it, was in, it was in port and the hatch was open. And the the queen could have flown in there while it was open but uh they're still want to keep things secret but they're like the entire crew of that ship knows about it now and they're like we're just going to keep them at sea until the crisis is over i hope they have enough supplies yeah hope they don't run out of food on that ship uh and they put little little flags on the map indicating dead males And we go to, so we're still in the police procedural mode, even though we now know what's going on, Mm -hmm. because they go to investigate the theft of 40 tons of sugar. (laughs) The watchman at the railroad has been taken into custody because they think he was in on this sugar heist. Mm -hmm. He's got which, What the hell? Yeah. So we still go through this whole procedure of questioning this guy when it's very clear what has happened. We still spend a lot of time on this sugar investigation.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: And there is a body found with an arm torn off, a Mr. Thomas Lodge, who had two children with him that are now missing. And we talk with this guy's widow,
1: mm-hmm. and he
0: sounds like he was a really good father. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he was very busy, but he always made time on Saturday. He had to work on the weekends because <laughs> he was working so hard to protect the, to provide for the family. But he made time to take the boys out to spend some quality time together on Saturday mornings. And now they're missing. Yeah, he's oh, working
1: gee, two, pop.
0: two jobs. And that I just found that to be really sad.
1: It was very sad. I think this woman was like the, she deserved the acting award of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. She, she really sold it. She was very sad. Um, when she was like, you know, listening for the, the news on the radio and stuff, I believed her.
0: Yeah. Uh, Sutton and Ryan do some map work. They go to question the drunks in the jail. And there's a woman in there too, who was arrested for speeding. And she claims she was visiting, a sick friend, but she doesn't want to mention any names because I'm married.
1: A little suspicious. So, yeah. suspicious. so clearly it was not
0: it was just this random woman who's, you know, out Tomcat
1: this uh, random painted Jezebel.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just thought that was a weird little character <laughs> to throw in. We love to see it.
1: We love to see it.
0: The first two drunks don't seem to know anything, but the third drunk is in the alcoholic ward. Been in there for five months? Dang. I don't know why they're talking to him now. Or maybe he first came in five months ago. Comes in and out. Uh, this is Jensen Howland. And he talks about ants in the river! And <laughs> they go to investigate the concrete river that is dried up. I think this might be the same sort of concrete dry river we see in Greece. And many other movies.
1: Hmm.
0: When they it's certainly a similar situation. Yeah. I don't know where Greece was filmed.
1: I don't know. But
0: they (laughs) they find the kids toy airplane, call the mom and confirm that it was theirs. And they find the marks? Tire marks. Tire marks. And an ant print.
1: And an ant print. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. And maybe the kids are in the tunnel. Yes. So there's these tunnels that these sort of drainage t- dried up river. And we're told that there's 700 miles of tunnels. I don't know where they go, but I know there's 700 miles of them under the city. And we go to a press conference where martial law is declared and they finally tell the general public about the giant ants.
1: Yeah. Great time to do that.
0: The <laughs> Public seems to <laughs> accept this. <laughs> the people were in general much more trusting the government back then. They... Except that we must be confined to our homes because of giant ants.
1: Yeah, that makes poetic sense.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and the army army rolls in. And Bob and Ben are now dressed like soldiers. (laughs) They're on detached duty to whoever needs them at any particular moment. (laughs) So they're they're dressed like soldiers now. Uh, Mrs. Lodge comes in and some guy tries to stop her. But they're like, no, 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 she's the mother. It's okay. But they don't want to risk a fire in the tunnels till they know about the new queens they gotta make sure the queens are still there or there aren't any more queens before they burn mm-hmm. everything up yeah this one guy's like we don't have kids what are you talking about they've got a whole city to protect we can't worry about these two kids we gotta go in there and tear shit up and they're like alright go tell their mother over there
1: yeah yeah go go ahead go look and her in like, the fucking uh, face oh. and tell her that
0: yeah and when he actually looks at, him, at her he's like oh yeah you, you know you just made it real <laughs> Oh yeah, I see what you mean. Pat is now dressed like a soldier, also, and Meow. where we get our like one tender moment where she says, "Watch yourself, Bob." You know, <laughs> he, he, they say romance for the ages. She's about to go do the same dangerous thing, but he doesn't say, "You watch yourself too," or anything like that. Yeah.
1: Well, but nobody,
0: no, but at but the, by this point, nobody questions the idea that pat is going to go into those tunnels as well she's just gonna do it get a bitch. they get these tunnels are big enough they can just drive jeeps into them and they're mm-hmm. r- reporting in this is so and so at this tunnel nothing to report and goes in with a flamethrower uh they talk about there was construction here that's down but if the lights are still hooked up turn them on and we find out that the kids names are mike and jerry because Bob is calling them. Mike and Jerry, they're alive, but there's ants. Yay. And I, hear smells, I smell. I some brood odor. And one of the kids is acting. And the Yay. other is not. The other kid has no fucks to give. <laughs> We're just going to pretend that he is in a state of shock. And that's the choice he went with. <laughs> <But I think laughs> the, the real choice was... I don't know how to act so I'll just stand here.
1: Yeah. And and he was it was the older kid too. The older kid who the, the younger kid was like killing it. He was doing a yeah, great yeah. job. And the older kid was just like, I'm standing here and I'm mad cuz I didn't get nuggets before this.
0: <laughs> so he uh sets the ants, Bob uh, gets down there where the kids are, sets the ants on fire and I wrote down, I've heard of fire ants, but this is ridiculous. Ah. You would, uh, but he gets the kids to safety and then he gets wilhelmed. <laughs> ah, help comes with guns, but it's too late. No, and ben, ben and Bob have a little moment, and Bob says something incomprehensible. There's lots of shooting. Stop pew, shooting, pew. Before pew, pew. Before I think says, stop shooting before the, the, you collapse the tunnel. Uh no gas? Don't use the gas yet. Gotta find the egg chamber. And then Maddox gets Wilhelmed, which maybe the half a one. Uh I think so. No, 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 no. Bob almost gets it and lets out sort of a half Wilhelm, <laughs> but then manages to get away from the ant. And they find some winged ants in there. Technically they're princesses because they haven't gone off to be queens yet. Queens yet, yeah. Pat uh, Pat and Bob share a look. And they talk about the Team 45, but what about all the other bomb tests we've done since then? What are those going to, what are going to be the results of those? You know, if this, if these are a result of that bomb test, shouldn't there be other things? So this movie is unlike the Americanized Godzilla that we discussed previously. This movie's not shying away from atomic bombs caused this. Uh-huh. In in Godzilla, King of Monsters, they removed those references. But the same year, this American-made movie is all over it. And the doctor says, when man entered the atomic age, he opened a door into a new world. What we'll eventually find in that world, nobody can predict. Ooh. That is, I guess they've kind of skipped over. They killed all the, they killed all the ants. They killed the winged. <laughs> they killed the winged queens and burned up everything or collapsed it or whatever and then that's how they they wrap up the movie with that quote so there we go
1: wow 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 so Damn. you really liked it i did i really liked this movie i thought it was very creepy definitely uh i guess the thing about monster movies so far that we've watched like there was king kong which is like actually a thing sort of but i guess this one just kind of gives you a little bit more sense of horror in the sense of like it's i don't know it's an ant it's just creepy
0: (laughs) okay well i mean you know you have your personal reason for (laughs)
1: yeah when i was a a baby bee ants attacked me violently and uh
0: didn't realize that I needed to give you a trigger warning before. <laughs> uh,
1: no, it was really good. I did like this one. I think that's, man, it's hard to say. Honestly, I think uh, the beast from 20,000 fathoms is still my favorite so far, but this is like definitely a close second. Um, I did really enjoy it. I did.
0: Me too. It's a pretty highly regarded movie for the period.
1: Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. It was, it was good. I uh, I really liked The Doctors. They were my fave.
0: Well, thank you for joining us. Please do message us at uh, at gmail.com. Uh Do all the things that you do, the liking and subscribing and reviewing and rating and tell all your friends we're trying to slowly grow this show and it is slowly growing. Let's uh, keep it up.
1: Yeah, thank you guys.
0: We love you so much. Thank you. And next time we will be watching Godzilla Raids again from 1955 which is available on HBO Max.
1: Yes, another Godzilla.
0: So once again we will not see you but you will hear us next time on (laughs) Monster Movie Funtime Go.
1: Monster Movie Funtime Go! Ah!
0: you've been listening to monster movie fun time go if you enjoyed the show please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice our theme song is by the texacado folk rock punk featuring lita lopez you can support the show find links to our social media and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg